This is the Impact Report. I'm your host, Katie Elman. The Impact Report brings together students and faculty in Bard College's MBA in Sustainability program with leaders in business, sustainability, finance, social entrepreneurship, and more. These conversations go live the first and third Friday of each month. This week, I'm speaking with Susan Hunt-Stevens, founder of WeSpire. Simply, what is WeSpire? Sure. WeSpire is a technology company that is helping large companies engage their employees in their purpose-driven initiatives. Uh, Broadly, that falls under the ESG mantra with sustainability, uh, social impact, which includes volunteering and giving and civic engagement, holistic well-being, and inclusive culture. And how does, how does it do that? So most companies have things they want their employees to do on this front. They may have a vampire energy scavenger hunt that they're trying to run to identify sources and uses of of energy um, that's being wasted in the workplace, or they may have a giant volunteering initiative or a day of service that they're wanting to run, or they may be wanting to raise money for Ukraine, or they may be trying to improve employee sleep habits, or they might be trying to um, bring ERGs together and enable people to connect with each other um, who may share a background that is related to race or uh, gender identity, um, sexual orientation, or women, um, or even young professionals in the workplace. And so we're the technology platform that people run those initiatives on. And so as an employee at one of these companies, I will be invited to sign up for the volunteering uh, opportunity or to give to Ukraine. I'll see it on the intranet or I'll see it in a social platform or I'll have a mobile app and see a notification around it. And when I click to do that thing, that happened just to be powered by WeSpire. And so the real heavy users of WeSpire are actually the program owners and leaders who are using the tool to design and publish out all of these programs. And then the tool is measuring the impact of participating in these programs on various outcomes, ESG outcomes. And so a lot of data is being captured and fed into ESG reporting tools about employees um, and what employees are doing related to ESG. But also we can connect it into the impact on culture metrics, like likelihood to recommend the company, retention, or, or performance. As a result of the pandemic, a lot of work has become remote and in some ways permanently. How is WeSpire kind of, or is it potentially being used as a way to keep teams more cohesive and together? Yeah, we've seen tremendous growth um, through the pandemic because many programs historically relied on the presumption that everybody was in person. Uh, So it might have been a lunch and learn in the cafeteria or a meeting that was held or something that um, a training or an education. And now with an asynchronous workforce, uh, you know, whether some people are at home, some people are in the office or the lab or the factory, having a way for everybody to participate, irrespective of where they are doing their work that day, 
enables you to not only get people doing the things that you want them to do, but enables a building of connection and community digitally that uh, might've been lost. And so for ERG members who now are you know, scattered in lots of different places, being able to come together and convene in, in programs and be able to see what's happening across the ERG, being able to like and comment and share and storytell and build that community digitally as a complement to what they were doing in person and may return to in person at some day has been really, really, really powerful. And so I think we know the pandemic broadly accelerated the adoption of digital workplace tools and technologies to just recognize there's a new world of work, but certainly we spires no exception to that because so many of the programs that we were powering, the alternative was to do everything in person manually and offline. Wow. So just uh, for those that are listening that may not know what ERG stands for. <laughs> ah, employee resource groups. Uh, they could be called affinity groups, business resource groups, but they're really groups, uh, often employee-led, executive-sponsored, that create programming um, for group members um, as well as allies. So would you... Besides account managers that would be, you know, engaging with WeSpire to obtain the software or how you, if you could explain how that works, but also would the main point of contact in regards to impl implementation be like human capital or how does that work? Yeah, so in most of our companies, it's a collaborative process between whomever leads impact or ESG in the organization that might be a chief responsibility officer or chief sustainability officer. Human Resources, uh, who obviously um, has the strategy around human capital, human capital engagement, and what we do to engage employees. And then um, comms, the, the corporate communications team that does all the internal communications to employees and often is the budget holder decision maker as it relates to tools that are used to help people uh, do these kinds of programs. Uh, so it's always collaborative between those three teams. The users um, from an administrative standpoint are whoever leads well-being or whoever leads DNI or whoever runs an ERG or whoever um, you know is head of community engagement and social impact. They're the ones that are designing and publishing their content. Um, they might go into our library and get help. We have 400 different programs they can take and edit, modify, publish out. Um, and then the users on the other end are employees. Um, and the content is always targeted based on an employee's location, country, role, and all of that. So as a employee in a factory in Tennessee, I might just see those things that are available to me. Um, and uh, the person who's in the factory in Singapore might just see the things that are available in the factory in Singapore, but we might both see um, things that are global in nature and available to everybody. That's fascinating. What led you to create WeSpire? If we could yeah. rewind a little bit. Sure. So I've been in digital technology since 1998 and, um, and everything that I was doing had a strong activation behavioral element to it. But I got personally passionate about sustainability when my son was two and ate a cashew and we became um, 
part of this legion of families who have children with serious food allergies. And they, uh, what do you have to start doing if you have experienced that is you have to start reading labels. And the, uh, some of the things in our food, I, you know, I didn't know what sodium benzoate was. Was it a nut? Was it a sesame? I had no idea. So what do you do? You go to Google, you put it in. And no, it's not another sesame, but it came back and it said, you know, when combined with, you know, artificial food coloring may cause hyperactivity in young boys. And I'm like, what? How did I not know this? You know? And so my personal sustainability journey was driven very much through food to start and then expanded beyond that to the point where I went back to grad school in sustainable design. Um, and it was while I was sitting in a course on the lead system for green building, which is a way framework that people could understand what steps to take to make a building more sustainable. Um, you earn points for taking those steps and achievements based on how well you did. And I just looked at it and said, why isn't there something like this for people? Why isn't there something to help people be more sustainable? And that was the original design paradigm for WeSpire, which looks a lot like a Strava or RunKeeper or Weight Watchers or Lose It. it again, a sort of game mechanics, social mechanics, um, positive reinforcement, you know, all the behavior change elements that are, are part and parcel of modern technology just really framed around helping close the gap between people who say they want to do something to be more sustainable and people who actually do it, which is a 60 percentage point sort of intent to action gap. And that was the original vision. And we've really stuck to that since we were founded in 2010. What really changed is in 2012, companies started calling and asking if we had an uh, enterprise version, a version companies could use with their employees. And that is candidly the business that took off, even though it leveraged the original product design paradigm. So how um, now it's 12 years in, yeah. is that right? So 12 years in, how has the company grown and pivoted from the, you just mentioned that a little bit, but can, can you expand yeah. on that? So the 20, 2012 timeframe is when we uh, added the enterprise side and really shifted our focus towards working with enterprises to run their programs for them. Um, it was just a much better business for us. Um, and we did that exclusively from 2012 to 2016. Then starting in 2017 with the advent of the UN SDGs, many of our customers started getting additional responsibilities in the other areas of impact in ESG. So social impact, well-being, inclusive culture. And when they looked, they either didn't have technology tools like in DNI to support employee resource groups and psychological safety programs and things like that or the technologies they had were sometimes really siloed and often kind of old and, and non-behavioral focused. Um, they were really not focused on activation, but more on like tracking and reporting. And so we got asked by clients whether we could take what we were doing in sustainability and apply it into social impact and well-being and DNI. And so we started doing that in 2017. So by the end of 2019, really found ourselves with a fully integrated ESG engagement platform just as the world really realized that they needed a fully integrated ESG engagement platform. And so it's been a, it's been a wild two years, um, but, uh, but exciting times. And we know it's still really early that mm -hmm. using technology to engage employees in ESG in an integrated way is the future and where it's going, but there's still a lot of silos in organizations with, you know, well-being over here and DNI over here and sustainability over here and social impact over here and they don't talk to each other and their systems don't work together and it's not integrated but 
I think with ESG reporting mandates increasing, I think with um, getting um, you know impact reports to be more aligned, certainly the future is an integrated future. And so it's kind of awesome to be able to work with the leaders with an integrated platform and to really realize how powerful it is. There's so much intersectionality between these topics. You know, how do you separate what you're doing as it relates to racial equity and justice from climate? You can't, you know, and so bringing these things together in a really powerful way is, um, it's, you know, it's really rewarding personally. I think that's wonderful because I, I, it is a pet peeve when people try to separate them out and yeah. it's like, well, they're actually all interconnected. So you can't really parse them out that way. Well, and if you, as a company, you know, I, I've seen this over and over, you could have a company that's really, really strong from a social impact standpoint and donating millions of dollars to communities and not-for-profits and doing really incredible volunteering and all of that. But if they're then doing things environmentally that are completely destructive in, you know, as their core product or as by not really paying attention to the kinds of things that really matter on a sustainability front, it, it almost uh, denigrates the work they're doing in social impact because it's not seen as holistic. It's not seen as authentic. And the group of people that are starting to call out employ uh, employers around this are their own employees, you know? Um, and so you could have this tremendous social impact strategy, but if you are then doing things in DNI that are terrible, you know, it almost takes away the value of that. And so you've got to be transparent, authentic, and a force for good on all these fronts, uh, recognizing that that's an evolution. You don't get there overnight. Impact Report is brought to you by the Bard Graduate Programs in Sustainability, offering both hybrid and in-person degrees in environmental policy, climate science and policy, environmental education, and sustainable business. Bard offers scholarships for all applicants who qualify and enrolls new cohorts each fall. Learn how to apply at gps.bard.edu. Can you talk about, you know, your clients and how that base has grown? <laughs> so I'm a classic founder. I think every company in the world needs a platform like we Spire to run these programs, uh, you know, and, or at least every company in the world that has, you know, 500, a thousand or more employees where trying to do things manually is just banging your head against the wall and where these metrics really matter and these metrics really move and they matter in companies of all sizes, but you really see the benefit of these programs in these larger companies for sure, especially around retention and, and performance and referral. Um, so, you know, that's the vision, vision hand wavy, the hardest part for any small company, you know, where, um, we're growing fast. Uh, we closed a series B round of financing about six months ago. Um, that's really helping us grow. Um, we've doubled in size since then from an employee standpoint and a revenue standpoint. Um, but the um, challenge for us increasingly is just getting in to large companies and having conversations. Um, you know, the uh, 
they're, they've been, had a lot of things on their mind over the last two years, as you can imagine, from, you know, COVID to supply chain disruptions, to inflation, to now global conflict, you know, and so what we find is when we get to the head of impact and the head of HR, the CFO and the CEO is everyone's like, oh my gosh, we need to do this. But it's not always easy as a small company to get those conversations. Um, so that's the biggest challenge for us as an organization is just to continue to grow by getting in at the right levels, because at that senior level, they absolutely understand why this should be integrated and why you should be working together. If you're talking to somebody in one of the silos, sometimes they don't necessarily want to break down the silos because they lose power. No, that I mean, congratulations on this Series B funding. That's exciting. Yeah, and it is. That's great. Um, when you talk about this space and how it's become, you know, more top of mind to certain people in organizations. How crowded is this space? Are there competitors? You don't have to name them, but how does how is that ecosystem of this service um, humming along as the need, you know, becomes more apparent? Yeah. So I think every company who was operating in one of the silos, well-being. DNI, CSR, you know, sustainability has recognized that you can't stay in the silo, that that's not how the companies want to do things. Um, I'd like to think we were a catalyst for that industry change, but um, you are certainly seeing a lot of M&A activity in the space, a lot of investment in the space as people recognize this need to transform from a siloed approach to a more integrated ESG approach. Um, and it's, it's a dynamic space and that makes it really fun and really exciting. Um, at the same time, breaking down silos and traditional ways of doing things is really hard for any large organization. I worked in a very large organization and, you know, um, I, would consider it very innovative and it's still, you know, to, to make a decision with a lot of people to stop using three things and start using one thing instead, it was an evolution, you know, you kind of had to work your way into it. And so one of the things we pride ourselves on is just being really flexible with organizations. And if they're ready to do one of these programs, we'll work with them on one program. And then over time, if they want to move those other programs on to, we aspire great. And if they don't, but, you know, and they want us to play nicely with the other things that are there, that works well too. Um, and I think that approach is appreciated by people because trying to get you know, everything lined up to sunset, you know, this thing you were doing on SharePoint and Teams and get rid of an old, you know, kind of tracking platform and all of that. Sometimes it just takes a long time. Um, and so meeting people where they are, meeting companies where they are and helping them with their journey. I mean, we certainly benefit from having seen hundreds of programs at this point and what they look like and how they work and what works and what doesn't work. And I think that's something that we try to bring back to the industry. We do an annual state of ESG engagement research. We've been doing it for almost 10 years, just what's on hearts and minds of employees and employers around these topics. Um, you know, and we try to do benchmarking and best practices um, and share that with customers and clients. So they just know like, am I doing a good job with these programs or not relative to what others are doing? And we now have enough data to make that kind of, you know, decision-making more possible. 
That's great. Um, you know, if you could, I understand the um, company side. Can you talk just briefly a little bit more about what the feedback is from the employees? Yeah, so we have a super high employee net promoter score. Employees love the platform, um, you know, and the things we hear from employees is I learned so much. I got connected with people who share my values. I really appreciated getting a pat on the back for doing things that are making the world a better place. Um, I had no idea my company was doing these things. I'm so proud of us that we are, and I'm so happy to be engaged, you know? So it's this sense of learning community and impact together that I think is so valuable to uh, an experience. I just yesterday got an opportunity to be live in person with a customer who was bringing a bunch of employees together for the kickoff of an impact tour around their, their, goals that they've just set. Um, and employees are, are wanting their companies to be solving these major problems that we, we all know we have, whether that's climate, whether that's justice, whether that's poverty alleviation, you know, anything tied into mental health and well-being. You know, they spend so much time at work and they trust their employers so much more than they trust um, other institutions these days. The, the employer-employee relationship is one of the highest levels of trust, relatively speaking. And so they look to organizations to be leaders on this and are really proud when they are. And, um, you know, and, and we see it in the retention data. We see that companies who really double down on impact and being a force for good in this world and really thinking about what is our purpose and how can we, with our skills and capabilities, tackle these large problems, you see that employee sentiment, um, how they feel about the company skyrocket and you see uh, retention skyrocket. And do you apply these same principles within your own organization? We do. We do. <laughs> we, uh, we use our own platform. Our program is called Do One Thing. Um, we do the social impact activities, um, particularly, you know, right now we're doing a lot with Ukraine. Um, we have our own efforts and initiatives. I will say the... Um, um, the infrastructure in a small company to support the programs is even less than it is in our clients. And so we are not a great proxy for our clients, but, um, but we, we certainly see that the principles of what we're trying to do are really part of it. We're a public benefit corp. And so our impact is really baked into, you know, our operating principles uh, and, um, and that then sort of cascades uh, from there, but certainly doesn't make us perfect. And I think one of the things that we work on most as, uh, as a startup that's in this space is, okay, we don't always get it right, but let's learn from our mistakes and make it better um, and take the lessons that we're learning and see if there's a way to apply it with our clients. Well, that's good advice for all of us. <laughs> um, how can people learn more and or be in touch with you? Absolutely. So wespire.com is our website. And um, if you are interested in learning anything about what we do and how we do it, it's all there. Um, and certainly anyone is welcome to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm Susan Hunt Stevens and easy to find.
Thank you so much and happy Earth Month. And I look forward happy to- Happy Earth Month to you yeah, too. Yeah, I look forward to I seeing know. how the platform grows. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Yep, have a great day. Bye-bye. We appreciate our loyal Impact Report listeners and hope you can help us spread the word about the series and the important sustainability work of our guests. Please rate and review the Impact Report wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you were inspired by this conversation, share a screenshot on Instagram and tag Impact Report Podcast. Learn more about the topics discussed in today's episode by visiting wespire.com. And be sure to head to greenbiz.com or impactentrepreneur.com to read a recap of our conversation. Join us for the next episode of the Impact Report on Friday, April 22nd. We'll be speaking with Viral Hardev of Ubiquitous Energy. can launch a high-impact, purpose-driven career in sustainability? Check out the resources page from the Bard Graduate Programs in Sustainability for access to free resources to jumpstart your career. Hear from leaders in the fields of climate change, consulting, impact finance, circular economy, and more about how they launch their careers and the tips they have for you to join their industries. Visit gps.bard.edu resources today.